With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Ricky Wimmer. What's up, what's up, guys? And a sick Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Dave, sounding a little bit <clears throat> groggy. Uh, we're going to get through this, though. We have a great podcast yeah. for you. we got two NBA draft topics, two patrons on the show, mm-hmm. and we're also going to be doing our, uh, the famed segment of Wet Boys. Uh, we're super excited for it. Uh, before we do that, before we jump into the topic, so we do want to let you know, check out patreon.com slash podcast. If you do want to be like Will and Jake, who are going to be on this podcast, head over to patreon.com slash podcast and check out that $10 tier. If not, we do have a $5 tier. We have a $2 tier. We get a monthly Patreon podcast. we got some great stuff over there, so definitely go check it out. Also, don't forget to check out mostavailablepodcast.com. You can also find our shop on there. If you want to rock, rock some MVP merch, that's where you can find it and get some uh, some sweet swag over there. And also, if you're listening to iTunes, <gasps> don't forget to rate us five stars on iTunes. Both the Onside Kick, or not both, <laughs> the Onside Kick, the uh, Prime Side Podcast, the Rick and Johnny Podcast, and the Fast Break Podcast. It means a ton to us. We've been having a great couple months, and uh, we need you to keep it going. We appreciate mm-hmm. all of your help out there. But boys, let's jump into Wet Boys first. We're going to be talking about the soggiest of shooters. We're going to be talking about the dampest of dudes. We're going to be talking about the moistest of men. We are talking about wet boys, guys who absolutely popped off over the last week in the playoffs, guys who had crazy stat lines, guys who had historic performances, guys who had gritty performances. We're going to go through them and give them the honors they deserve. Ricky, start us off. I, I'll i be completely honest. I didn't know who to give my wet boy to. Like, you changed it me, like five times. Part of me yep. wanted to, first I was like, okay, JT is my guy. Then I looked at it and I went, eh, there are guys that had better weeks. And I'm like, you know what? Iggy is my boy. He had one good game, and he's the reason, him not being there. But no, I I couldn't. I settled on CP3. That's eventually where I'm getting to. And the reason being is, yeah, Andre Iguodala has been part of the reason why the Warriors have struggled a little bit against the Rockets. But Chris Paul is playing up. He wants to get to the NBA Finals for the first time in his career. doesn't matter if James Harden goes 0 for 11 from 3. Like James Harden says, doesn't matter. We won the game. And CP3 is a big reason why. And he's a wet boy this week. All right. Uh, Dave, give us your wet boy of the week. Literally the wettest boy uh, <laughs> in the NBA is Steph Curry. Like, there's not a shot that this boy can't make. I'm just saying. He's open as soon as he gets in the parking lot. You, you said, you said wettest, wettest boys. I mean, he, come on. Is we there did a shot say soggiest shooters. Yeah, he is the soggiest <laughs> of shooters. He's the dampest of dudes. Uh, no, 28 a night, uh, six boards, three assists, shooting 47% and 39 respectively. I know they have lost two games. Mm-hmm. I know. But still, you have to admit, when he is on that court... There's just not a shot he can't make. They well, were close games, too. It's not like they got blown out. The he was plus two. 10 in one of the yeah. losses. And it's like, not about the losses. I mean, you're going up against, you know, it's the four best teams in the NBA yeah. right now. So, I mean, if you're going to lose games, it's not crazy. Exactly. And, and he's coming off of the injury. But 
Is he the wettest boy in the NBA? No, it's LeBron James. Come on. Mm. Wet boy of the year and coming out in the past three, four games. I'm sorry, four games. Three and one, helping uh, the Cavs, uh, you know. You helping force, carry. Yeah, carrying the Cavs. Uh, going to a, a game seven. LeBron, 36 points per game over those four games. Eight rebounds, seven assists, 56% from the field, and 50% from three. Over four games, LeBron has been dominant. LeBron now uh, is now the third player in NBA history. of have seven plus games of 40 plus points in the same postseason. Jerry West did it in 1965, Jordan did it in 1989, and LeBron just did it this year. And here's the fun note. Jerry and Jordan were 26 at the time. LeBron James doing it at 33 years old. Crazy performances so far from LeBron James. And also, you know, we were talking about him being open, you know, Steph Curry being open, hitting every single shot. Let's look at those step-back threes, back-to-back, right in the face of Jason Tatum, the guy that you were looking for, your wet boy. LeBron Mm -hmm. knocking down some big shots. LeBron was disgusting last night. But, or, yeah, it was last night, right? Yeah, yeah last it, night. Literally, feels like forever. The best part about those step-back threes was not the three itself. It was the face. It was the mm-hmm. LeBron. The like, mean mugging face, though. Mean mugging face. Yeah, good old LeBron. He's got Ooh. mean mugging. And we will, he will definitely be a wet boy if they win game seven and, and he goes to the NBA Finals. My only question for that is, like, LeBron, great performances this week, but the thing, and this is a separate wet boy thing, they got to they gotta win in Boston. Like, they, this team cannot be like, oh, we're going to play great at home. And then not show up for LeBron on the road. I, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I understand what you're saying, but I also want to say no shit. It's game seven. Well, yeah, no. <laughs> if they don't show yeah, up, leave they're it losing. The it's but done. It's like, the series is over. When are you gonna do it? The, the clock's ticking. Yeah, I think they the know fat that. lady is. She's warming up the vocal cords. She's singing for somebody. Yeah, make sure she's singing for the other team. But anyways, let us know your wet boy of the week. Are you gonna go with Ricky? You're gonna go with CP3. You're gonna go with Dave. You're gonna go with Steph Curry. You're gonna go with the right choice. The, wow. the wet boy wow. of the year in LeBron James. Let us know down in the comments down below. But let's jump into the second to- topic, and we're going to welcome in our patron, Bill, not Will. Uh, you know, legal stuff, you know, legal name as well, but we're going to welcome in our, our buddy Bill. Uh, small world, too. Uh, you know, uh, a local guy, apparently. It's, it's, it's awesome to, to hear. Uh, but we're going to be talking about something not too local. We're talking about the Clippers, uh, and they are looking up to trade in the draft, um, and they have interest in Michael Porter Jr. So, Bill, we're going to go to you first. Should the Clippers trade up to get Michael Porter Jr. in the NBA draft? Well, I mean, the, definitely the Clippers have to trade up to get MPJ because they lack that superstar. I mean, they lost CP3. You know, Blake Griffin obviously was traded out, and DeAndre Jordan might walk in free agency. And even if DeAndre Jordan stays, not too much of a game changer on the offensive way that they would need to need to, to string along some nice wins. So I think the Clippers should definitely package their two picks and, you know, maybe throw in a player or two to trade up to get MPJ because they need that. They need the star power. I mean, mm-hmm. it's LA. Um, you lost CP three. Um, it's kind of a risky pick to trade up to get him. But I mean, if you're picking at 12, 13, who are you going to have anyway? Robert Williams will be available. Maybe Shea Gilders, Alexander, some nice pieces, but you know, not necessarily the, one of those people could take you to the next level. And, you know, in trading away Blake Griffin and getting some stuff back for it, do you want two role players or do you want that superstar that you thought Blake could be, you know? so. Mm-hmm. And, Bill, one thing I do want to bring up, because people have heard us talk about, you know, uh, the NBA draft at nauseum. They know our thoughts on the prospects. Where do you have MPJ, you know, in these, you know, class of prospects? Is he your number one guy like some people have him? Is he in your top five? Where do you think uh, his, his top end is and where do you think he compares to the rest of the prospects in this draft class? It, it, it's so hard to evaluate. Well, like anybody, it's, it's, it's hard to predict where anybody's going to be three, mm-hmm. four, five years from now. And him, especially because of the back injury, you know, it's not like it was 
a broken arm or, you know, stuff like that. That's a back injury that could creep up on you, you know, six years down the line that could cut a career short. So talent wise, I'd have MPJ in the top three, but you can have that risk because of the back injury. But personally, do I think that that's something that's going to hinder him in his career? I'd say no, unless, you know, you start getting into the mid thirties. Um, I think, I think MPJ will be a solid player for, you know, the next 10 or 12 years um, personally, but it's, it's, it's a risk because of that back injury and because we didn't get to see him play against the, the competition of the college level. We got to see him dominate 16- and 17-year-olds in high school, um, but didn't necessarily get to see him do that at the college level. And when he did play, it was, you know, him at, what did he say, 65%? Mm-hmm. He was playing at, at, you know, the couple tournament games that he was in. So, you know, but I, I definitely think talent-wise, Michael Porter Jr. Is, is, is a game changer, is somebody that can – put a team on his back and carry them and just be, be the superstar that, you know, uh, Blake Griffin kind of was. So yeah, yeah I sure. think, I think he's definitely on, on that level. Well, and Ricky, one thing that you've, you brought up for mm-hmm. sure is, is the Clippers pack, packaging this to get a Kawhi Leonard. So when you heard that they might be looking into getting a Michael Porter jr. What was your reaction? Are you with Will that they should trade up and try I, to get that superstar? I am all for it. And to me, I actually, this week kind of in my head concocted a trade. And for me, if I am the Clippers, I am targeting that number four pick because I don't think the Kings go with Michael Porter Jr. I don't think the Hawks are going to do it. don't think the Suns are going to do it. I think it's going to be at that number four pick. And kind of the trade that I worked out for it was I'm going to give for just the fourth overall pick. I'll give you the 12th, the 13th. And then because I think the Grizzlies will want a little something extra, mm-hmm. I am going to go ahead and give you the pick from – um, the either 2019 or 2020 because they have a draft pick in the first round for that, but it all depends on, like, it is lottery protected, but, hey, we just missed the playoffs. I'm not looking to be in the lottery, so I'm not going to have this pick next year anyways, and fuck it, you can have it in 2020. Be careful throwing trades out there because people are telling us oh, to stop yeah. throwing out stop trades because we don't know what a, we don't know what a third th- trade we'll is. We'll never stop. <laughs> I think that's a good, and I'm trying to look exactly at um, the – provisions of it yeah so that's it so their 2019 pick is if they're between 1 and 14 so in the lottery they own it anywhere else it goes to boston but if this is the clippers pick they can't trade 12 and 13 back to back so they can't do okay. 2018 2019 do the step steve then but, you do maybe like mm-hmm. either back to back 12 and 13 or you do one of these and next year but you're on the side of them trading up yeah. dave uh, are you on the side of of uh Bill and Ricky, that they should trade up and get a guy like Michael Porter Jr. Because, again, like Bill brought up, he does have the back issues, but even coming in the season, he was my number one prospect. Are you in the line that he can be a superstar and that the Clippers should trade away this capital they got in that Blake Griffin, Griffin trade and try to move up and get a superstar? Yeah, I think that uh, they got some decent pieces in the meantime, but if you can go ahead and pull the trigger to get someone who you think can be your future, you mm-hmm. know, your decade-plus player and your star, absolutely pull the trigger on that. That's fantastic for them. I'm just concerned with uh, what team you try to make the trade with because you hear all these rumors about <clears throat> certain teams targeting certain players. You know, could he go as high as two? Mm-hmm. Could he go three, four? I mm-hmm. don't know where that where that target is. So, like, the the price value on that might change a lot if you have to go all the way up to two mm-hmm. to jump uh, Atlanta. Well, especially with all these teams being terrible. I mean, all these teams were tanking. I mean, we yeah. even hear Cuban coming out saying they were tanking. The Bulls clearly tanking. They only got you know, ended up being around the seventh, at least in the lottery mm-hmm. standpoint. Um, so, I mean, it would be tough for any of these teams to really move back after the terrible seasons they've had. So, again, they're going to really need to sweeten the pot. Um, 
you know, Bill, you, you mentioned superstar, and, and is Michael Porter Jr. the only guy that you would look to target for the Clippers? Or are there any other pieces? You know, say Michael Porter Jr. goes at two, and the asking price is too high. Is there any other guys like a you know uh, Luka Doncic, uh, you know Triple J? Are there any of the guys in that top five area that you think could be a nice addition to this Clipper team and help them give that superstar that you think they need? Yes, but not worth trading up for. Okay. So I think I think if, if if Luca falls to four, would he be a hell of a player to add? Yeah, but he doesn't. I don't. I don't think he could, could demand. I think he's the safest player in this whole draft. Um, would be somebody like Luca. But would I tr- would I package the twelve and thir- it's twelve and thirteen that the Clippers have, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, would I package that for a Marvin Bagley? Uh, no. Would I package that for Jaron Jackson Jr.? No. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's other stars to be had in this draft, but I think Michael Porter Jr. is one of those players that, I mean, we all saw him at the high school level. I mean, he could he could put a team on his back and just completely dominate the game. And I, I didn't see that from any of the other what we call quote-unquote stars that are out there. Um, th- that would be at least worth a tra- trading up to lottery picks for. Um, I, I, I still think that there are great players that you can get because, I mean, you could get Kevin Knox at that 12-13 He's got the potential to maybe creep up onto onto that you know all star level potentially. Um, so to pass up on two chances at somebody like that, say you get like a Shea and a Kevin Knox or a Shea and a Robert Williams, I think that would be a lot better to build your team around than you know trading up for a Marvin Bagley. He's got those defensive question marks and all that other stuff too, without being the type of dominant player that uh, a Michael Porter Jr. And that's a big thing with me too. Is is I, I I'm hesitant to say they need to trade up because mm-hmm. yes, if you love a player, well, you should totally need to. Well, but again, if, if you're going question, for Michael yeah. Porter Jr., mm-hmm. you, again, you're going to need to trade up to get a Michael Porter Jr. He's not going to be there at twelve right. and thirteen. Um, right. So again, I, I'm I'm always in the, the mindset if you love a player, you should definitely go after him. But mm-hmm. maybe this isn't the right choice because again, we mentioned this. This is a team that almost made the playoffs. We're we're dealing with a ton of injuries, both point guards, Pat Bev and and, and good old uh, Milos. Blake and Milos uh, were injured this year. Um, and, and, you know, yes, they were dealing with Blake for a couple of years, but I mean, even when Blake was out, this team was still, you know, very productive. They just got Lugo to a great team-friendly contract. So I am kind of in the bank where I'm not looking to trade up. And, and this was even for the Kawhi mm-hmm. thing. This is where uh, a point where you have the ability to take two prospects and, and two kids in one of the deepest draft classes, and these guys can be cornerstones for your for your future for after this year. Again, uh, you know, Bill mentioned it. Shea Gilgis would fill that future point guard spot. Six six has a ton of talent, and even Kevin Knox. If you go with the two Kentucky kids, these guys might be cornerstones for your franchise. And yes, it might not be a star, but also they have cap. If if you're not bringing back DeAndre Jordan and he declines his option, that's twenty two million free right there. You look at uh, Danilo Gallinari's contract. If you're able to move that. Again, you're able to get more, you know, a uh, uh, freedom to bring in a guy like Paul George if you think he's mm-hmm. a superstar. We mentioned LeBron wanting to go to LA. You know, if that's a possibility, why not explore that? Here. Then you know, try to risk going up in the draft and missing out on getting two uh, chances at a prospect like Shea right. Gilgis and Kevin Knox. That's if, that's at least where I'm in the, on the boat here. If this was mostly any other team in the league, <sighs> I would say uh, I don't know, but because of who is now almost calling the shots here. In Jerry West, if based but off this of doesn't what, seem like a Jerry West move. But what I'm what I'm going at is look at the draft classes that he's had and the draft picks that he's had with the Warriors. To me, I look at it almost like, and I'm going to throw a team that I'm worried about now because of this because I cheer for them, the Bulls. I feel like just because the Clippers are in the thought of doing this, 
if I'm a team like the Bulls, who it's the fan base wants Michael Porter Jr., I would always I would almost be like, well, if Jerry likes him, then he must be good. There must not be injury questions because Jerry knows what he's doing, and West usually yeah. doesn't miss on the draft pick. So, like for me. If I'm another team like the Bulls, like you say, who needs to now? Well, if the Clippers are going to have a serious chance of moving up, the Bulls then I would see as a team they would have to move up because the top two on my board, MPJ will be gone, Bomble will be gone. you got to get one of them. Well, Bill, I'm assuming here that you are a Bulls fan. Uh, just because <laughs> you are from Chicago, you mentioned that you wanted to support Chicago guys. So if you are a Bulls fan, would you be nervous? Because you know there's a lot of talk about MPJ becoming a Chicago Bull, putting on that uh, next jersey. Would you be nervous about the Clippers moving up? And then would that possibly incline you to move up and try to get Michael Porter Jr. if you think, again, he could be the next superstar? Um, would I be nervous about the Clippers moving up to get him? Yeah, yeah. if you were, if you were um, the Chicago yeah. Bulls. Yeah, so yeah, I definitely would be nervous about the Clippers moving up to get him um, just because there's definitely some interest there. And, I mean, he's a game-changer. Going off that, would I would I want the Bulls to move up from seven? No, because I don't. Because you know, people are going to ask for marketing. People are going to ask for a done. People are going to ask for you know maybe future picks from us or to package that that seven and twenty two just to go up to five or four. You know, I think there's good players to be had at seven. I I am personally a big fan of Wendell Carter Jr. Even over a Bamba or even almost over a DeAndre Eight. I'm a huge huge fan of Wendell Carter because I. You know, if you look at his per 36 minutes, I mean, I think it's like something like 20 and 12 or I could be wrong, but I think his per 30 minutes, per 36 minute stats are pretty, pretty remarkable for playing next to Bagley as being the second option down low. So I don't think that the Bulls, like if, if MPJ is not there or if he's going to be, if, if we need to trade up to get him, I say don't do it because again, there's, there's definitely, this is a deep draft class. And there's definitely a good player that we could get with the Pelicans pick. And to think that next year, I don't think, you know, no matter who we get, unless we land a big free agent star like a uh, Paul George or something like that, I don't see the Bulls being a playoff team again next year. And next year, there's some high, there's some top talent at the top of that, uh, at the top of the class next year. And if the Bulls are in the lottery, you know, there's another chance for you to get one of those superstars. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't over, I wouldn't trade up for him because of the injury. Um, if he falls to you at seven, take him, take him without a doubt. Mm-hmm. But because of the injury, don't risk a future asset or a cornerstone of your franchise now to move up to get him. Um, just because I don't, for personally, I do not foresee the Bulls in the playoffs next year unless they have a top star free agent that they add to the roster. Because um, I mean, you're you're throwing out there, you know, Nawaba, Justin Holiday, Chris Dunn, and Zach Levine. I mean. You know that, that that's great and all, and they're young, but they're not making the playoffs. Well, just to back so, you up with the uh, the per forty minutes too for Wendell Carter, twenty points per forty, uh, thirteen and a half rebounds, and then also uh, three point one blocks, shooting fifty six percent from the field and forty one percent from three. Yeah. So again, I mean yeah. his per forty, especially like you mentioned, with having Bagley, Gary Trent Jr., uh, and Grayson Allen right. out on the floor with him, impressive numbers, and also again a smart kid too. I think he was getting recruited by Harvard. So not only can he do it on the basketball court, he's also a smart kid. Dave, are you yeah. in the same uh, boat as Bill is where, you know, again, maybe the Bulls shouldn't be trading up for Wendell Carter because you're in a sweet spot right now. And there isn't a, a certainty in you know Michael Porter Jr.'s back. And then also there isn't a certainty that if you draft Michael Porter Jr., you're going to be good. So then you might you know be giving up a great draft pick to move up and not get a guy that's going to change your team next year. I think a lot of it comes down to how much do you really believe in him? Because if if you're not comfortable with waiting to see what drops to you, which is the position both the Bulls and the Clippers are in right mm-hmm. now, like you're you're rolling the dice. You're saying that, you know what, I feel comfortable in one of these three guys, one of these four guys, whatever it may be. 
And that kind of, to me, it depends on the draft class. It depends on your scouting. Like, as a Clippers fan, you're far down. You're at 12, 13. But like I said, you talked up uh, West and, like, the the history he has in the draft and the success he's found, uh, not, you know, right at the top. So, you know what? I'm very comfortable with them holding on to those picks. But with the Bulls, I've got some questions. We've we've missed on a lot of draft picks. We've missed on a lot, a lot of draft picks. So I think that if you're going all in on this guy, that feels to me like a typical Bulls move mm-hmm. that you're going to trade away the future. But again, the future is only like, it, it really depends. Like if you can land a guy who's going to be a player on your team for the next 10 years, it's worth the next two number one picks from your <laughs> and, team. And that's exactly it. And I think the thing that the greater thing is this kind of news about the Clippers wanting to move up is going to shake the draft up, especially on draft day. I see this as a draft day trade of, like, the Grizzlies aren't going to move their pick. Obviously, we talked about that mm-hmm. last week until the draft, until we see, all right, what do the Suns do? Oh, they kept the pick? All right, what do the Kings do? What do the Hawks do? And then it's like, okay, do we trade the pick? And, I mean, the Bulls, the last thing I'll say about them, the thing about kind of trading is they promised Chandler – Hutchinson a spot at 22 allegedly allegedly but if they did then they're not going to be able to trade up for four because I'm assuming the Grizzlies would want that pick I wonder if there's another team out there that is like we want like secretly they're like we're not letting anything out but Michael Porter's on our board and because of this Clipper news they're going to streamline a package to try to jump them and get that four Maybe you think the Cavs? The concussion king himself. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's let's bring it back into the the Clippers yeah. and, and let's let's get some predictions and then we'll move on to mm-hmm. the other teams that could possibly yeah. be interested yeah. in Michael Porter Jr. Um, Bill, we'll go to you first. Will it happen? Will the uh, will the Los Angeles Clippers take that twelve, thirteen, and then future assets move up and take Michael Porter Jr. No matter where it was, but in the top five, will they make that move to trade up and get my MPJ? I'm going to say no. Fair enough. I mean, it, it's something that, again, it's a lot of it, at least. It's, it's, it's too hard of a trade to make. for. I, I think the Grizzlies will want too much. Um, and I think, I, I think personally, if, if the Grizzlies are going to make a move, I think, I think they might, might dump a Gasol or a Conley if they get a sweet deal for something like that. I, I don't think they're going to move away from that four pick for, for later lottery picks. Yeah, and, and I think you, you look at the Mavericks, too. They're still rebuilding. I, I would see that it's tough for them to trade out, too. I'm on Bill's side because, again, uh, I, you know you, you hear Ryan McDonough come out. They're not trading the one pick, and they want to look for veterans. Mm-hmm. You look at that number two two pick, I don't think that's that's going to be a pick that's going to be moved. Um, I, I think really the top five teams need those picks, and they're going to be going after it. Um, so I, I'm on Bill's side. of They're not going to be trading that pick. Ricky, do you think the Clippers and Jerry West work their magic, though, yes. and end up trading for FPJ? Yeah, so the trade I'm going to go with is... And you'll have to help me, Sean, if the rules all fit out here. Well, you can't. So the Clippers can't trade their their picks back mm-hmm. to back. So they can trade the okay. Detroit pick and their pick next so, year, but so, they can't do back to back. So years. this is what I'm going to do, and hopefully this works. Trade the 12 overall and the 13th overall, but then virtually I would be trading the 2020 first round pick. So how so how it would work rule rise is I'm giving the Grizzlies the 13 and the 12. Next year it's I keep my first if I'm in the lottery. If I'm the Clippers, I'm not planning to be in the lottery. So I'm expecting that clip to go or that pick to go to Boston. And then that means in 2020, if it's not settled, that pick will be basically between Boston and Memphis, not between Boston and uh 
L.A. So Boston will get their pick in 2019. Memphis gets it in 2020. And why did the Grizzlies take that trade? Because there's getting, two sides. You're getting two first rounders this year, and you get a 20. You get a future first as well. And I think that's going to be the big deal. Is hey, you know what? And that to Boston was via Memphis, so Memphis was supposed to be in that. So hey, mm-hmm. let's get back in that deal and get that 2020. Dave, does it happen? Clippers straight up for MPJ. <clears throat> I'm leaning towards no. I, I think that. I think that if any team has the right pieces, it is the Clippers to move up with Memphis because they do have some good veterans on that team who I think Memphis would want to try to twist and get like uh, Pat Bev and you know maybe a swap from Chandler Parsons to Danila or Toby. Like try to do something like that to add some veterans uh, to this already vet heavy team so they can roll right back in the playoffs for one more year and then add another asset for the future. But I think the Clippers are gonna be very safe on their moves for the next two years and make sure they line up everything because, like Jake said, next year, there's mm-hmm. R.J. Barrett. There, There's a deep class, Cam Reddish. There's so many guys in there who you could bring in. So don't just plan for this year. Plan for the future. One question that I just thought off the top of my head. Let's say the Kings, hypothetically, mm-hmm. like I have them slotted with a big man. Let's say they go Mo Bamba. Let's say that the Grizzlies keep their pick. They go with Michael Porter. If the Mavs are there and um, Mo Bamba, who we all thought would go there, isn't there, could the Clippers work some magic with the Mavericks? And it's not the Grizzlies they trade with. It's a team like the Mavericks. But you just said Memphis is going with MPJ. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, whole, if, the whole reason is they'd let, be going. Let, let's say MPJ is off, is still on the board. Okay, though. well, that, that, that might happen. If, because if they don't like, have their guy, then like, Dallas do, might be that. Does team. this trade necessarily have to be Grizzlies, or will no. something shake I mean, it up I don't even, to where a different team is the team? They're that, just looking to trade up. Yeah. So if they get the trade they want, then mm-hmm. they're trading up to get MPJ. It doesn't matter what the slot loves is. loves to do trades. <laughs> <laughs> they love uh, trades. But let's go back to MPJ, and mm-hmm. let's just talk about where he might go. And, Bill, I'm going to go to you. Where do you think he's going to go? Is it Phoenix at one? Do they make a huge shakeup and, and, and take a guy who was coming out of high school as the number one player? Sacramento, do they add him to that young team? Atlanta needs a star. We talk about Atlanta. Haven't really had a star you know, in, in a while. Probably even Dominique was the last true star out in Atlanta. You look at Memphis. Again, a, a team that you know, might make the postseason, adding an MPJ might be the next piece. Dallas is in there. Orlando's in there. Which team do you think ends up taking Michael Porter Jr.? Kind of looks past the injuries and just looks at the talent. Where do you think Michael Porter Jr. is going to land up? I think Michael Porter Jr. will definitely either land with Memphis or Chicago. Um, I really don't see Dallas taking him at small forward. they got Harrison Barnes over there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Dallas is going to go with a big, whether it be Bomba or Bagley, whoever's, whoever's on the board. Um, yeah, I, I, I truly think it'll be Memphis or Chicago. I do think since there's so much talent in this draft, I don't see somebody who's in the top five taking that risk on Porter because of the back injury. Because half or more than half these teams that are in the top five probably will end up somewhere around there next year. Again, going off that deep draft class of next year, so I don't think they're going to take that risky pick. Um, I th- so I think I think he'll probably fall to the Bulls, um, but that might be wishful thinking as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, just based off of what the talent has been on the top of the draft, I mean, Aiton and Doncic are going to go within the top three. And then a lot of people are high on Bagley. I mean, I don't think Triple J is going to drop to to six or seven. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's going to be Memphis or Chicago. Well, and, and Bill, I wanted to ask you. I mean, what what do you think it will take? I mean, to, or at least what do you think will need to happen for MPJ to get into the top five? Because you know, clearly the back is is a major injury, but he's coming out saying he's the best player in the draft. He's changed his diet completely. He's he's toned up a little bit more. Um, he, he's trying to get into game shape. We haven't seen him at least at the combine work out. 
Um, do you think it's going to be maybe in private workouts where he makes that that jump, or do you even maybe think that one of these teams secretly does have him on their board at that number one spot? Maybe again, they have those worries about the injuries, but they they still see that talent. Um, do you think there is any way he gets into the top five? Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, when we're doing these private workouts with these teams, he's going to talk to you and tell you and show you different stuff that you know we're not all seeing in the media or on on TV and whatnot. I definitely think, yeah, because I, you know, coming out of high school, he was the number one player. So mm-hmm. if people, if if a team is not worried specifically about the back, if they're if if they say, you know, we're just worried about what you can do on the court, the, the back injury is behind us, he'll easily fall into the top five. I just think there's so much talent, like for sure talent out there, that uh, questions behind them that. You know, it, it, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, I'm trying to put myself into the mind of a GM being in the top five, and am I going to pass on Bagley to take <laughs> Porter at three? You know, I mean, I mean, it's tough. It's tough. But uh, I, I could see him definitely going in the top five. I would not be surprised. But I just think there's so much other top end talent out there that a team doesn't need to do it. Yeah, and I, I don't. They're safer picks I, too. Right, right, and that's what I'm going for the safer pick. Because how bad would it be if? If the Kings fell into that second spot, six quarter junior, and he was just a complete another butt for that franchise, and they're still in the same spot as where they are. I mean, that that, that would just be absolutely devastating. When they could go with a Luca, or they could go with a Bagley, or somebody like that. So I think I think part of it is, is just yeah, the safeness of those other picks. So yeah, you don't want to be a Portland. You want to be passing up on Michael Porter or uh, Michael Jordan taking a Sam <laughs> Bowie or uh, taking a Greg Oden and, and passing yeah, up right. a, a Kevin Durant. I, I get exactly. that. I get that mindset. Ricky, where does uh, MPJ end up going? Now, kind of a, a little bit of a mock draft. If you would have asked me before this news, I would have said to number seven, he's going to the Chicago Bulls. However, I think what's going to happen is the Clippers are going to do what they need to do, and they're going to take him at four. I think the Grizzlies and the Clippers get a deal done. MPJ goes to LA at four. Dave, well, tinfoil hat Ricky. Over yeah, there. <laughs> we don't expect anything less than uh, than Ricky, whether it's a Patriots segment or not. Dave, where does MPJ end up going? I'll uh, I'll be bold here and break my own word. I'll say Orlando snipes him out from the Bulls Ooh. at six. That'd be bold. That'd be yeah. a, that'd be a no trade young for the Magic. No, I know Ooh. the prodigal I'm, son. <laughs> I just think that they're gonna take a stab at something if they like Porter over Trey, like. Porter has higher upside than Trey. I'll mm-hmm. just be honest. Like, yeah. yes, Trey Young. We all wish he would be Steph Curry, but realistic. And then the bullshit the bed and take Trey Young. Well, I mean, the biggest thing is again, you can't teach the Yikes. size. You can't teach six yeah. eleven with his his movement. Again, if he's healthy, yeah, it's it's, I, it's some it's a guy that I would look at at highest two. I mean, mm-hmm. Sacramento. We talked about it yeah. early on in the draft when they were around you know the seven mark before they won the, you know won the two spot through the lottery. This was a perfect fit for them. You know, filling that three spot, they already have uh, Bogey, they already have uh, Buddy Heald, they have De'Aaron Fox. Filling in that three, getting a star that could be a natural scorer. If he impresses Sacramento, I see him going as high as two. Yeah. Um, if not, I could see, you know, even though they do have Harrison Barnes, like like uh, Bill mentioned, uh, I, I still think that yeah. you might be able to slide Harrison Barnes over. Maybe you put MPJ at the four, and, and, and you really can't pass up that talent. I still think that talent's there. It's just the biggest question about, um, the, the injuries, and we keep bringing it up. We haven't seen him at the combine. I think that you know the fact that he showed up and, and, and did the measurements, did everything there. I think that was big. But again, if he came out and actually showed what he had, I think that would have been more impressive because it's showing him that he's not afraid to just be himself. He's not afraid to be a competitor. I think that would have been big. Again, I'm not blaming him because you know he's a month away from mm-hmm. the biggest day of his life. Yeah. Um, he's you know a month away from the biggest payday of, of his life so far. So I can't you know blame him on that. But I still think if he's able to impress in workouts. 
think Sacramento might snipe him at two. At the highest, at the lowest, though, I would find it tough for, for Dallas to pass him up because even though a That's guy true. like you know Jaron Jackson would fit their system, even though uh, you know Mo Bamba would be nice on that team, Michael Porter Jr. has more talent than both of those guys, and I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, any final thoughts? Uh, we'll go to Dave first. No, I just think that uh, he he's probably one of the most intriguing prospects because of that injury, because we didn't get to see anything out of him, and he looked so sluggish when he came back. Let's wait till the private workouts. I though. think private workouts, like you said, that's going to sort it all. Like I can't wait for the crazy rumors. Like, oh, well, he hit 95 out of 100 three-pointers <laughs> here. But he also ate four Big Macs. Like, <laughs> what, what's it going to be? Well, no, he's a vegetarian now, apparently. Yeah, Ricky, uh, final thoughts. I mean, for me, I think that the it's going to be interesting to see if the Clippers actually make a move. They have, to me, great ammunition at 12 and 13. And are they going to jump up to get their guy who might be MPJ? Bill, any final thoughts, whether it's on the Clippers, MPJ, the Bulls, or your boy Wendell Carter? What do you got for us? You know, I, I just final thoughts. It's, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, after he does some of these private workouts, that, you know, I, like I said, I think he might be taken at number seven with the Bulls, but, you know, I think he could be, he could go as high as three or four. So I, I just think after these, after these private workouts is going to be a huge thing for Michael Porter Jr. Just to see, because, I mean, I, I think personally Star potentially is the best one in the draft. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, I think there's just going to be a huge, I think there's going to be a huge draft bomb that happens on, uh, on draft day, a big trade or a pick that happens a lot earlier than what we expect. So, um, I'm just looking for some fireworks on draft, on draft night. So, and, and building off what Bill said, because I, I agree with him, I think the mm-hmm. one thing, it might be bad if he falls to seven after the private workouts. Because, yes, the injuries are a big thing. But if he goes out and, and, and shows the true player that he is, again, talent-wise, he's a top-five player. So it's really, you know, if he's falling past that top-five, then there are injury concerns that these yep. teams have. I think that's a big red flag. I think that would probably be the worst scenario for MPJ. Yes, would Chicago be a great place for him to play? Of course, but I think it would be a worst-case scenario because it's at least a bad omen. Because this kid, again, is a top-five talent. Like Bill said, might even be you know the top talent in this draft. The injury is a massive concern. I think if he's not you know able to show his talent and not is is not 100 percent healthy at these mm-hmm. private workouts, especially it being a back injury to his severity, I think it's a huge red flag. Uh, but Bill, I want to thank you for being a patron. I want to thank you for giving us an awesome Patreon segment. You absolutely rock. Let us know your thoughts down in the comments below. What do you think about MPJ to the Clippers or to the Bulls? What team will move up to take him, or which team will take MPJ? Bill, thank you so much. But let's jump into the next segment. We want to thank Bill for being on the uh, the, the MPJ topic. It, it was fun to it was fun to just you know find out about some of these patrons because you know mm-hmm. you never it's, it's small world. I'll just yeah, put it that very way. Small world. Uh, it's very funny though. Uh, well, let's jump into our next one. We're going to be talking about the Hawks and the Kings. A report came out saying that the Hawks and Kings would both pass on mm-hmm. Luka Doncic if he is uh, available at the two and three spots. Assuming that the Suns go with DeAndre Ayton, it would look like the Kings and Hawks would be passing on Luka Doncic. Let's first see through the bullshit. Is this true or is yes. this jocking? No, I think it's true. Okay, why? The, the thing that <laughs> well, I... Are you believing everything you read? Like, no, what, what gives you this inkling? Because, I mean, he fits I, in their system. He fits their, their position needs. Here's the thing I think of, and this is my whole thing is, I think this is has more truth than smokescreen. Mm. Like, there's either two things that this says to me. One, that they don't want Luka Doncic, and even if he's there, they'd pass on him. Mm -hmm. Or two, and this is what I don't think is true, but you can also read into this, is that there may be some truth 
to what we heard last week. Like we talked about, oh, well, ESPN has this story about Luca and he's not sure if he'll come over. Well, mm-hmm. do they know something that we don't while scouting him that there's more of a real chance that he would not come over? I'm not going that way. I'm going in another way. And for me, because of this news, I'm going to bring in a third team, the Phoenix Suns. If I'm the Phoenix Suns, what I'm doing now is I'm trying to drive that price on DeAndre Ayton, saying, like, oh, we're going to draft, like, he's our favorite guy, yada, 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 to try to then get one of the teams, like the Hawks maybe, to so, trade so that they can take Ayton at one and I can take a little bit of three. A la the Celtics exactly. 76ers yeah. flip. I mean, what, what G, uh, ESPN's Jonathan Giovanni reported mm-hmm. on Saturday said there's a belief among some NBA decision makers that the Sacramento Kings and Atlanta Hawks, who have the second and third overall picks respectively, could pass on Doncic in favor of American front court players. One thing I do want to throw out there, and, mm-hmm. and, th- and this is going to feed into you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's true. But I think it's one thing that maybe it's it's a report mm-hmm. for from from the Suns because it, it, this is getting into tinfoil. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm we've been in rooms too long, so I'm kind Love of breathing in your fumes. Uh, fumes. Um, <laughs> but fumes. it's it's one thing if if the Suns do want to trade down, mm-hmm. they do want Luca, but they think that you know these teams like the Kings and Hawks respectively, they want a guy like DeAndre Ayton. And you look at Ryan McDonough just gave ESPN like one of the scoops of the century saying, oh, we, you know, we might look to trade the number one pick to get yep. a veteran. Mm-hmm. And then they also get the report saying that now they're you know, locked down, not going to be trading the pick for McDonough. So it seems like they have some connections with the Suns organization. <laughs> so maybe it, it plays into you. Maybe the mm-hmm. Suns are feeding that information saying, you know, in, in pretty much giving the, the Kings and Hawks hope saying that Luka Doncic is going to be available for you. If you want DeAndre Ayton, you're going to have to trade up and, and, and flip with us. So maybe that part is true. Mm-hmm. But I find it odd, Dave, that these two teams would pass up on arguably the safest and you know, some, some would argue the best prospect in this draft. Are you buying into this report? I'm not buying a ton into it. I think it's more so just like they're trying to see what the value is. If someone is interested in Luka, you know, we're, we're, we're ears are open. open. We're listening for business. to offers. Yeah. Because I don't think either one of these teams maybe loves him. I think mm-hmm. the Kings, I think Vlade would love to have him on the team. I think that fit-wise, they could make it work. Yes, they already have a crowded backcourt, but he is still someone. You you take the player, you don't take the fit at that point in the draft. Um, for Atlanta, I think it comes down to they've got a lot of question marks on that team. So if they can get a haul for him, why not? Why not? They've got a lot of, lot of pieces to fill in. I would still be in the camp of take him at two, mm-hmm. take him at three, take him when he, whenever he's available. I feel like this is uh, either the Suns doing their game to try mm-hmm. to move back, or it's both these teams, uh, people being like, you know what? If you guys love them that much, let, let's hear what well, you're going to offer me. And here's the thing I think of, and maybe you guys can tell me if I'm wrong. We haven't, maybe it's because he's an overseas player, mm-hmm. we haven't really heard a team come out and say, we love Luka. Like that we've had, we're, we talk about the Clippers having interest in Michael Porter Jr. We talk about... X team like the Suns. Oh, we really like DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, there hasn't been really a team anywhere that said we like Luca. Like Luca's our main guy. I don't know if that's because he's overseas, because of the questions with overseas players. Except the last two, I believe that came over. Uh, KP was one of those doing really well in the mm-hmm. NBA right now. Um, except for his injury, I I think that this could be. I don't think it's the Suns trying to do anything. I just think it's the Kings and the Hawks looking at it and going, hey, you know what? There are some bigs here. I think the Kings could now at two have a choice between 
if Aiton's gone at one, like yep. many people think, well, do we go with a Mo Bamba for the center? Do we look at um, Marvin Bagley for more of the four can slide over to the five? What do we do with more of our bigs and the Hawks is the same way? Because unless they move Dennis Schroeder, I don't see them going. The Kings one I don't understand, to be honest with you. I mean, you, we, we talk about their depth at not only the, the, the backcourt mm-hmm. uh, because they have, you know, obviously uh, Bogdanovich, they have Buddy Heald, they have De'Aaron Fox. But also, you look at their power forwards position, and they already have Shea, uh, not, not Shea Gilders, but they have uh, Scala Bissier, mm-hmm. and they have Harry Giles, who apparently is tearing it up in practice now. So, uh, I mean, I look at it, and why would you be going, if DeAndre Ayton's off the board, why would you be going with a Marvin Bagley? Why would you be going with a Triple J? Maybe Bamba, but again, I think that's even a stretch right there. Mm-hmm. Luka Doncic has proven that he's a winner. Luka Doncic has proven that he's a competitor. Luka Doncic is playing his ass off right now overseas, just won the uh, the, the Euro Cup. Um, for for uh, for Real Madrid, um, I mean, I mean, he right now he's balling out right now as an 18 year old, and it's not something where it's you know uh, an Evan Fournier, not an Evan Fournier, uh, a Mario Hazonia thing where uh, you know Hazonia was over there putting up seven points a game. Luka Doncic was the MVP exactly. in the championship game totally in the final four. Situation. I mean, he's dominating over there as an 18 year old. He's been a professional since the age of 13. It doesn't make sense to me that these two teams would pass him up because he fits. Their teams, and and I don't know if it's something where teams, you know, blatantly come out and say we love this guy. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. I think uh, the Suns said if if Aiton was there, and this was a couple months ago, if Aiton was there, they draft him. But also, that's something where again, you know, it, it, you take bits and clips of what McDonough says, mm-hmm. and maybe I don't, I didn't hear the clip, I didn't hear, hear read the full interview. Um, but what we've heard is if he's there, we'll take him at number one. Reading a ton of you know just journalism throughout my life so far. That could be a clip where, you know, oh, hey, what do you think about DeAndre Ayton? You know, if he's there, we'll, we'll take him. That's something where yeah. you take that. It's not a commitment to taking him. Mm-hmm. It's just something where, again, he's saying that they well, have interest in him. I don't know how much teams come out and just say, we love X, X Y, and Z. Like, they're not going to tell you their draft board mm-hmm. flat out. Well, no, they're not. I, I mean, mean, the Lakers came out <laughs> yesterday. That was creepy. <laughs> yeah. Lakers came out yesterday. Uh, interest in Luka Doncic. Just said do it. they what? have the ammo? Kevin they don't have any ammo. Like, uh, sign in trade with Julius Randle to the Mavericks is the one thing mm-hmm. that I've seen on a couple of these articles. Is that going to do it for the fifth pick? I mean, it, it'd be something else, I have to assume. But yeah, uh, Kevin Pelton came out yesterday. Uh, Lakers have rumored to be high on Doncic, which makes sense considering the potential fit alongside Lonzo Ball. They don't appear to be positioning themselves for a trade for the top five pick, though. So that's the question is like, if they like him, how much would they have to give up for him? But that's at least one team who has said something mm-hmm. outspoken about the interest. Well, and I mean, to me, the, the the thing I'm there's a team that could trade. Like, let's say the Lakers. We'll use that because you said they're interested. A team could trade up if he gets past three. But the thing I'm looking at is more so the Suns and the trade that I came up with. Just so that you guys can kind of see what you think, a la the 76ers and the Celtics. This would be a draft day trade. Hawks move up to one. They take Aiton. Suns then move down to three. Hey, we don't need to take Luka at one. We can take him at three because the Hawks are going to pass on him. And the only extra thing that the Suns would get is the um, 2019 Cleveland first rounder because the thing about that is the Hawks own their own and they own Cleveland's first round pick. So they're going to send that pick over to the Suns and that one is a protected what 11 through 30 so if lebron leaves cleveland good chance that the Cavs could be in the top 10 
and boom, you get Cleveland's first-round pick, which could be a top-ten pick. You'll either get that in 2019 or 2020. Well, and one thing, too, I think this was in the Pelton, uh, Pelton thing where you mentioned the Lakers and, and mm-hmm. Luca. Uh, him and Giovanni on ESPN.com had a discussion, and what uh, Pelton asked him was, how strong is your suspicion that Luca could fall out of the top three? And he said, barring a trade, I say Doncic being drafted in the top three is no better than a 50-50 chance. I felt an increasing disparity the past few months between the public's bullish perception of Doncic, which we share, and what NBA executives say privately. So let's talk about why Luka would be falling. Because, again, mm-hmm. he's proving it right now overseas. Again, 18 years old. He's been playing 19 professional. 19 now. 19 now. Uh, thank you. Uh, I know we would have gotten called out for that. Uh, yeah, but, but, again, mm-hmm. 18, 19 years old. Um, he's a guy that's been playing professionally since about 14, 15 years old. Again, just lit it up in, in the EuroLeague, um, taking one of the best teams in, in that league and leading them to a championship. Um, yes, he wasn't super consistent, but he did have big performances in big games. What would be at least the reason why he falls out. Is it just because of international perspectives, Dave, or is it something in his game? You know, people bring up athleticism. Is is that, you know, a driving factor where we see so many athletic freaks in this draft, like a Mo Bamba, like a, like a Marvin DeAndre Bagley, Ayton. like a DeAndre Ayton? Yeah. Is, it, is it that's what's, even Michael Porter Jr., is it that's what's setting apart a Luka is the fact that he's isn't a, eye-popping athlete even though he's a very well-rounded player yeah i think that's one it, it's a combination of that plus the uh the lack of hits on overseas players over the years i mean there there's a problem when you can't build a trend of this is the way you draft successfully for euro players because they can go anywhere from first round or second round or mm-hmm. undrafted we've seen hits all across the board there's no real i know there's no draft science but we have an idea generally i mean was it Giannis like 13th overall and he was overseas? i want to say yeah yeah, and but I mean, like there's there's guys everywhere across the draft. You can see success. So, I think trying to say that nope, this is why he is this good. Uh, his body, he's six eight at age nineteen. Like his muscles are, he's still building. He's mm-hmm. not on an NBA dot. He's not with NBA mm-hmm. trainers. So the athleticism right now, yes, totally in question. But I think that's something that he can improve. And I'm surprised cool. if that would be something that people are like. He can never get quicker. His first step will never be faster. The mm-hmm. only reason why I could see him fall is if I was at two or three, the only thing that would make me pass on Luka Doncic, if there was the mm-hmm. smallest, I'm not saying like 1%, I'm saying like an actual like maybe 15% mm-hmm. chance that he doesn't come over right away. Well, and that's one thing that like, I was going to get into. Does yeah. this then mean that the news we heard last week Maybe there's a little bit more fire to that. Well, and, and in the same article, Giovanni does say we should point out whether or not Doncic goes in the top three will mm-hmm. be determined by uh, evaluations from Phoenix, Sacramento, and Atlanta. Doncic's advisors also can try to influence his destinations. Here, here's how that can work. Uh, Doncic is declared for the draft, but he's still under contract with Real Madrid. With a buyout, he'll need to contribute towards and is not committed to leaving Europe next season, though it would be surprising if he elected to stay. Um, and then he also has, Doncic has one of the most experimented, uh, experienced agents in the industry, Bill Duffley, handling his business affairs with NBA teams. There's little doubt that for a player of his caliber, there are significant differences among his potential landing spots regarding the perceived stability of the organization's experience integrating European players, particularly in regard to the coaching staff and type of complementary talent on the roster. Market says potential endorsements could play a role here as well, especially for a player with as much star quality as Doncic has. So he's trying to vie for a place that's you know built European talent before, uh, a team that uh, has the ability to have a large market size, already has talent on their team, and a team that won't suck right away. And let's be honest, there are some 
you know, a little bit of hints that each team can offer. You know, Atlanta, right. uh, a, a fairly decent market size um, in, in so far. They've built up stars before. I mean, we've seen, you know, the Atlanta Hawks, uh, you know, the Falcons, we've seen uh, the Braves, you know, really latch on to, to Atlanta before. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, Phoenix, pretty decent market. Mm-hmm. They have Dev Book. And we look at at least the, uh, the, the, the Kings. Again, they have young talent. They're in California, but not really that large of a market. <laughs> um, and, and we've seen at least Bogdanovich come over, and then they do at least have that European side. Also, Vladi, um, you know, being a part of it, that might play into a factor as well. Which team out of the top three kind of fits all of those needs that Luka Doncic has had? Maybe not perfectly, but at least best. Reading all that, taking all that in, which team do you think would actually shoot for Doncic? Maybe they don't go for him, but at least which team do you think has the most to offer Doncic and his outside agent? Outside the top three? No, no in, in the top three. The top three. In the top three, we'll go outside, but first in, in the top three. I think for me it's easy. It's the Suns because wow. they have – the thing I would worry most about Luka has nothing to do with his basketball play. It would all come down to you're coming into a brand new situation. Yep. You're going to be living in a country you've never lived before. Yep. And what's going to be one of your rocks? Having a guy who knows you, having a coach that know has coached you before. Sean, what's can that coach's be that name? Mentor for you, Igor. Igor Koshkovo. Okay, I, we'll Koshkovo. see. We'll see if we said it right this time. But I mean, the I thing <laughs> here's something that I think about. And there's a situation that actually is kind of similar to this. Nico Meritich, drafted by the Bulls, not as high as Luka, but still drafted around 20 years old. So Mm -hmm. he was drafted when he was 20. Didn't come over until he was 24. Like, if you're Luka, do you go that route? Where it's like, hey, I'm 19. I don't necessarily have to play for a sucky Suns, Kings, or Hawks team right now. Let me sit back, see what you do, and then I'll come over. I don't know about that because, again, the talent isn't going to. Talent's different than him and Nico. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, well, yeah, it, no, the, the biggest ta- thing is he's, he's going to go top 10. Yeah. But my thing is, for Luca, one of the things he could leverage is no, I'm not going to play for your crappy team until even if I come well, over 24, I'm still right before my prime and then into and, my prime. And Dave, I want to throw out yeah. something with that. I mean, even though Ricky says the best fit is the Suns, let's look at Bogdanovich. He was a part was of that say. trade uh, where the the Suns moved up to get Marquise Chris. I'm sorry, the Kings moved up to get Marquise Chris, and for that, the Suns added in Bogdanovich to that package. So. I mean, is Phoenix really the best place? Yes, they have Koshkovo. Yes, they have Devin Booker. But is the market size big enough? Do they have that pedigree of developing international players enough where Luka would be comfortable to going to Phoenix? Yeah, I was leaning heavily towards the Kings as the uh, the favorite as far as nailing down those uh, key points that you were mentioning earlier. I think the being in Sacramento, yes, I know it's not L.A., but it's still California. It's still a fairly large market, and you're close enough to everything that you're still getting the impact of that. Uh, European talent on that team, yes. You just mentioned uh, Bogey being you know, a very successful rookie year. I know he's a little bit older, but he is a well-rounded player. Same thing. And they've had uh, European players before. It's not like the Kings are unfamiliar. They're very familiar with Euros. So I think that and the, and the overall talent on the team, like you said, De'Aaron Fox, we all love. Buddy Heald looks like a knockdown shooter for the next decade plus. You add in Harry Giles, who... We all hope you know can live up to the hype that people are building up to. I, I think that this is a team that has a ton of talent, top mm-hmm. to bottom. You know, it's just they're very young, they're very raw. You need to make sure they have the right coach there. But outside of coaching question, like 
I think that's the team you want to be on out of those top three. Well, one thing Giovanni mentions is the Kings are also <laughs> worth mentioning. This is talking about where he'll end up landing. They were reportedly one of the teams that were highest on MPJ before they moved up from number seven to number two in the lottery. They would uh, would they look to slide down a few slots to take Porter and pick up another assist in the process. They don't have a draft pick in either uh, round in 2019 at the moment, which has to be a little scary considering how far away they are from contending from a playoff spot. Yep. Uh, so again, he, he fits the system. They fit, fit a, a position they need. And then again, you mentioned the Bogdanovich thing. So which team would end up winning? I mean, right now the Hawks really aren't in it for, for what we've mentioned so far. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree with you that it's either the Kings or the Suns. Which team do you think has that that leverage? I, I mean, taking all that into account, because Phoenix, again, might be a bigger market. Sacramento isn't a crazy large market. They don't have a massive fan support. Neither does Phoenix, but both teams have sucked recently. Yep. Um, I mean, which team do you think offers the most to him? Ricky, are you still sticking with the Suns? Because, I mean, again, it, it's not clear cl- cut. I mean, and, mm-hmm. and also one thing, too. I mean, would the Suns take him at number one? No. So I, I don't think they take him at number one. The only way they take him is if they do a trade for like, So would you lead to the four. Kings then just because it's more more apparent well, that they might be taken on the top three? And here's the thing that both the Suns and the Kings have to deal with, and maybe the Kings are coming to terms with this. Mm-hmm. If we add Luka... Does that necessarily, yeah, we've got all the talent that they've listed, but if we add Luka, is adding Luka going to be enough to not only make us a playoff team in the West, but really the goal is not only do we have to get over the Warriors now, we got to get over the Rockets too. So I mean, now I think the timelines teams. aren't even close. No, but I mean like— like By the time the Kings are going to be in their prime, the Rockets are going to be Lakers. retired. Uh, the Warriors are going to be broken up mm-hmm. by then, so I don't. Neither one of those are even going through my mind. But there's also other teams in the West that are also oh, yeah. building up yeah, as I well. Mean, Lakers, yes, but and teams. By, but you have a team where and you by have... that time, even by that time, mm-hmm. is it like all right? Maybe we don't have to deal with these two teams, but then all these teams that are building up. Does he push us over and make us one of those top teams? I mean, Utah's fairly young. We look at mm-hmm. uh, New Orleans. I mean, Anthony Davis, for as long as he's been in the league, he's still a young kid. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, he'll probably only be 30 in the next six years, I think. Uh, you look the at Clippers Minnesota, still young. Nuggets, Clippers, Lakers, like I mentioned, and even Dallas, Memphis, and Phoenix, too. Um, so I, I think one thing, though, and, and it's, it's really, will he actually fall out of the top three? Let's answer that question. No. Is he going to fall out of the top three? Because talent-wise, he's not, he's not. But again, we talk about the leverage. We talk about whether he's going to come over or not. Mm-hmm. Will he actually fall out of the top three? I'm saying no. Which team takes him on? I'm going with my prediction of Suns take him at three, they get the third okay. pick, 2019 Cleveland pick, and Hawks get the number one. Dave, I know you love him. I, I know you absolutely love him. Yep. Try to separate yourself from that. Is he going to fall the top three? Because again... I it, think there's a realistic chance he does. How what, are, you, are you with Giovanni where he 50, says 50-50? Maybe 75% he, he's a top three pick, <laughs> 25% he's, he's not a top three? Yeah, I think it's it's pretty heavy towards top three, but I'll, I'll give it like 20-25% chance he falls, which is still a lot. Dave, Dave's, Dave's dying. It's all right. Uh, we've been doing you know four segments now. Dave's, Dave's been dying. Dave, Dave's show. been a trooper, man. He's yeah. done I've been three podcasts like today. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's one thing where again, it, it, it's it's something where this is the kind of dedication we get, Sean. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, sorry, where, I, I can go on a little bit. Okay. Um, we stalled enough. And thank you. I appreciate that. So yeah, I think it's about like 25 percent chance he falls out of the top three, and that's purely because, like you said, there's all these rumors starting to come out. And I start looking at these teams who are, like Ricky said, you know, latching on to that, you know, more athletic, larger guys in in this draft class. 
And if people are looking for bigs, like I can respect if you're choosing because you're like, I think Mohamed Bamba, I think Triple J, I think guys Bagley. like Marvin Bagley are all more valuable because we see the big as the way to counter all this, uh, these undersized wings, these undersized guys mm-hmm. out there. We can totally change the game going forward. If you don't think that Luca's the guy because he doesn't have that exact fit into the NBA game right now because you're like, He's an oversized two. He's a three. You know, is he really a one then? Mm-hmm. Because he's the primary ball handler. Like, I think that leads to a lot of questions. I think being versatile in today's NBA age, well, yes, teams like the Celtics see that as we'll take every wing you've got. I think other teams are very well, uh, timid and they're not sure. You know, where would he fit on our team? I, I want to jump in real quick because it, it, we had we brought this question up. I forget who it was, but where where he would fit on our team? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's it's something where it's not really. Uh, again, I, I think it's something where we were trying to put him into a hole. Right. But he can't right. be. I mean, I think you know where would he fit on his team more means he's a versatile mm-hmm. rather than you know we need to find a spot for him mm-hmm. because again this is a guy that he can play the three for you he's an oversized two if you, if you need him to be the secondary uh, ball handler if you need him to work off screens. I think he can effectively do that. He's a fairly decent shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he can be a number one. He could be a primary ball hander. Let's look at Ben Simmons. I mean, you know, completely different players. But again, you can be 6'8 and still be a point guard. Let's look at LeBron James. Let's look at Giannis Antetokounmpo. These guys, you don't really need to be a certain size anymore to be a number one, to, to be a number two, to be mm-hmm. number three. You bring versatility. And I think he can guard one through three. I mean, I mean, maybe not right now. Maybe he'll need some time to age in the NBA, but I don't think he's going to be like Steph Curry where they're hiding him on defense. I think he's a guy that's going to be at least fairly decent yeah. on, de- on defense, and he can effectively guard the one through three. You know, it's going to be certain to matchups, but, you know, I don't think he's going to be able to guard LeBron James out there. But I think he can guard, you know, a, a fair amount of, uh, of players in the NBA. I think he brings versatility to a team. And for the Atlanta Hawks and for the Sacramento Kings, it would be stupid for them to pass on Luka Doncic. And, and I, I think even the Suns, too. It'd be stupid for them to pass on I Luka. I don't know if it'd be stupid. It's Okay, again, this is my opinion. It'd yeah. be stupid for them He's to pass on it. it. Mm-hmm. Because this is someone who is a competitor. This is a kid who's been doing it at mm-hmm. a professional level. I, I'm coming around on Luka Doncic because, again, this is a guy that has been playing so much basketball. We've seen so much from him. And, yes, he's not there every single night. But he's 18 years old, was mm-hmm. just named the MVP of the second best professional league in all of the world, put up good numbers in, in, in the uh, Euro tournament last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy's been doing it. He's been in the trenches. He's been playing professional ball. He hasn't quit. He's been a leader, and he's 18 years old. I 19. get it. He's not 19. I'm used to saying 18. Sorry. Happy birthday, Luka Doncic. Um, but it, it's something where, again, I, I just look at him, and this is mm-hmm. so much... The the maturity level is is so so uh, developed, and you know maybe you get that from other players, but Luke is showing it on the floor, and that's what I want from my players. Mm-hmm. And I think the Suns would be stupid to pass up Luka Doncic. I think the the Kings would be stupid to pass up uh, Luka Doncic. I think the Hawks would be stupid to pass up Luka Doncic. And if the Grizzlies have the opportunity to take him at four, I think they'd be throwing a parade in Memphis down Beale Street, having a blast because Luka Doncic would be a perfect fit for any NBA team. We talk about Mikael Bridges fitting that three and D scenario, but you are not going to get the leadership you you will from Luka Doncic. You're not going to get the ability to at least you know be a guy that you plug into every single hole. The basketball IQ even. I yeah, mean, like Mikael Bridges is a guy that is, is a great three and D player. Luka Doncic is a great basketball player. This is a guy that you cannot pass up. And maybe, again, for the Suns, you look at that athleticism, you look at that seven-foot-tall freak of nature in DeAndre Ayton. If you want to take him, fine, mm-hmm. whatever. He fits your need. But I think you'd be missing out on one of the safest picks and also one of the smartest picks 
in Luka Doncic here. Again, that's I mean, just my opinion. The first thing that I just it popped into my head while you were talking, it was funny how one of the mock drafts we did, I had him fall all the way to seven. Yeah, God. And we were like, oh, there's no way he falls out of the top three. And now we're even proposing the question that it does. It's fair. The, it's fair to point out, Ricky. The Suns, as are, one that usually toots their own yes, horn, I, I totally get the victory lap. The, the Suns, <laughs> though, to me, are the team where I'll give you that. If the Suns don't draft him. I think that's stupid. I think they're the best out of the top three. The most equipped to be the best team for Luka Doncic. The thing with the Kings and the Hawks, though, is the Hawks would be almost my second one where it's like, all right, maybe you shouldn't pass on them. The Kings, though, like I, I'm starting to think Marvin Bagley is their guy. Like a the guy Kings? that, yeah, a guy who, a, like you hear him in interviews and he doesn't want to be a four, doesn't want to be a five, kind of want to wants to be that positionless big. Where it's mm. like I can do a lot of things and like talking to Dave before you even got here today, where it's like imagine him at the five, like a Harry Giles, like running the court in the five four. Like you can then move him over to the four if you have Willie Cauley Stein in, and then it's like the Hawks. It's it comes down to what do you think of Mo Bamba at that point? Like to me, the big would be the five would be the position that they would really mm-hmm. need. They're going to keep Dennis Schroeder and be like, we're not playing into your childish demands. Mo Bamba could be a good pick for them. And that might be enough to then skew these two guys or these two teams away from Doncic. So do you think, and you're still like a, End of the day, mm-hmm. you're still sticking with the Suns trading back. Yes. My okay. right now is Aiden If they don't Wa- trade back, what happens? If they don't trade back, If the Suns then don't trade back to take DeAndre, then I one, think, how far does he fall? Maybe to the the Grizzlies would be an interesting pick. If if it doesn't get he traded, doesn't get past four. then eight, Aiton goes it to the Suns. I would have Bagley to the Kings. Mo Bamba then to the Hawks. And he doesn't get I don't know. Four. I don't know if the Grizzlies take Doncic. I probably would because the King or the Grizzlies could take anything. But are they going to make a trade with the Clippers? Like what's going to go on? And if there's a trade and the Clippers do Michael Porter Jr., then he falls to Ma- the Mavericks. Are the Mavericks going to take him? Will the Magic take I, him? There's no way he gets past seven. But I don't think he's going to go that far. If the Magic get him, first off, yeah, our boy Vagberg on Twitter is going <laughs> to fucking lose shit. flip there's the no, shit. There's no way either, it, depending on how far he falls, there is no way he gets past. The only way he gets past the Magic is if they make a trade, and there's no way he gets past the Bulls, but I really don't want to see Doncic in a Bulls uniform. Hater. I, Why? I would rather see Michael Porter Jr., but that's just, just me being personal. That's not... Anything with it, I just would rather see MPJ over Doncic. Dave, where would you see? Where do you see your boy Luca ending up? Oh, where do I think he'll end up at? Yeah, um, is he going to be taking number one? Are you with Ricky that he's going to fall out of the top, or he might fall out of the top four if the trade doesn't happen? Where, what are you thinking after after we've? we've I, I think it's likely that he goes two to the Kings or four to the Mavs. Okay. I, I or four to the Grizz. I mean, he could fit on the Mavs on five, but like I think I think those are the two spots. It's two or four. Mm-hmm. Personally, I don't think he goes any further than four, but. If you see, you know, Porter have amazing workouts with teams, then the Kings could take Porter. Things gap at three. He could fall down. Yeah, I, I, four, five. Four at the worst? Four at five now. I'm, like, hedging my bet. Oh, come on, nut up. Where, where's he going? Four, four. or five? He'll, he'll, he'll go four. All right. Let us know where you think Luka Doncic is going to end up after the 2018 NBA draft is said and done. Will the Kings take him at two? Will the Hawks take him at three? Will the Suns take him at one? Or will he trade back, like Ricky Widmer saying? Will he end up... 
in a Memphis Grizzly uniform, maybe falls all the way to Dallas. Let us know what you think about Luka Doncic. And I'm going to be real honest with these people. We already recorded Jake's segment, so we hope you enjoy Jake's Patreon Mm -hmm. segment, which is up next. And uh, I'm going to do something fun, a little Tony Rally kind of like tossing the 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 baseball. When we toss in the 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 water bottle. Hope you have a good one. Hope you enjoy Jake. You almost hit that chair leg. Well, let's jump into the last topic, and we are going to welcome in one of the OG patrons, not the OG patron, but he's been a patron for about five or six months now. We're welcoming in Jake. Jake, you're back again on the Fast Break Podcast, and you've brought one fantastic topic, but I do want to throw it to you before we introduce the topic, even though it's going to be titled on YouTube. Uh, I want to throw it to you because you said you had a good opening line for Ricky. Oh, no, no. Let him go through his list okay. first. And all right, then we'll, all right. And then we'll, and then we'll read so what Jake proposed was he wants to do a top 10 list of the current NBA players. Colin Cowherd did it, and it was absolutely trash. Um, so Jake wanted to redo it. So all four of us do have a top 10 of the current NBA players. Now, Jake, we'll go to you first. Give us your top 10. All right. Well, I got LeBron and Durant, one and two. Don't really think that's debatable. I think everybody has the same thing. And then I got Kawhi at number three. Um, my reasoning for that was he can put up 25 a game, and he's the only guy on the list that can guard one and two spots. And then I got Steph Curry at four, greatest shooter of all time, not really debatable. Anthony Davis at five, best big man in the league. He can really do it all. I'm probably going to finish third in MVP voting, but maybe next year he'll get more recognition. And then James Harden at six, he's going to be the MVP. Uh, Russell Westbrook at seven, Mr. Triple-Double two years in a row. Can't really argue with that. Uh, Giannis at eight. I originally didn't have him in my list, but um, after reconsideration with Sean yesterday, I may have been convinced. Uh, Kyrie at nine, um, but due to injury, he might have sl- fallen down people's list. But I still believe, I think next year or the year after, he'll pass Russell and be the best, the second best point guard in the league behind mm-hmm. Steph. And then number ten, got the best center, Mister Trust the Process, Joel Embiid. I'm glad I broke down Jake because I was he was yelling at me that I had Giannis on my list at all and that yeah. it, over Joel Embiid. And then I was like, I'm throwing stats at Jake and over Twitter. And then he also <laughs> saw that maybe two other people also have Giannis on. So I'm, I'm at least glad <laughs> yeah. Jake listened to reason here and put Giannis on his list. Ricky, we'll go to you. Who's your top ten? Well, I'll kind of do the same thing Jake did. So number one, number two, non-debatable, LeBron, followed by Kevin Durant. Then to me, there's a second tier, three, four. It's either Steph and Anthony Davis. I'm going to put Steph above AD. Then at five, Kawhi Leonard defensively is there. Also should have probably went to an NBA finals if you didn't get Zazad. So I've got Kawhi there right that. at five. It was one game. Uh, I think they would have beat the Warriors maybe if he's in that series. Then I've got Kyrie Irving at six, Clay Thompson at seven, Giannis at eight, James Harden at nine, and then Ben Simmons at 10. And here's where... You can jumble everything up, and it's not so cookie-cutter. Jake, what's the uh, retort you had? So uh, can you explain to me how Ben Simmons is a better player than Russell Westbrook? So here's exactly why. Like, It's not necessarily Ben Simmons over Russ, but for well, me— No, that's exactly it, what it it's is. Exactly well, what it is. I'll tell you why Russ, Russ, Russ is 12. No, I'll tell you why Russ isn't in my top 10 is because I really don't think— He is a, to me, just a stat. I'm going to boost the stat sheets— Never going to win a title, never going to be someone that you can build a team around, and I would take any of these top players over him if I'm building a team. So you're going to build a team around Klay Thompson, who's a third. <laughs> I, if I absolutely you're, had to, I would. James Harden, who you're building a team around, who's currently beating the team with yeah. three of your guys in their top ten, James Harden is below Klay Thompson, who's yeah. a third. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not saying that's the, <laughs> I'm not saying that's the only parameter I used, but – all 10 of these guys I would pick to build my team around before oh, Russ. So even though Russ has better better yeah. stats than Ben Simmons yeah. and has won more. 
Because at the end of the day, I think Ben Simmons will win a title before Russ. Jake, what do you want to say? Can you explain to me how Ben Simmons is a better player than Joel Embiid? Now, here's – I had this conversation with Dave before because Mm -hmm. I saw you at Joe at 10. For me, I am always going to lean towards the ball handler, the guy who has the ball in his hands more time. I almost wanted to put Joe at 10, but I had to go Ben Simmons because it's a combination of where I think he's going to be plus him being a ball handler and Joel not being the main ball handler. Dave, before we get into a huge cat fight, take us through your top 10. Uh, my top 10, hopefully less controversial. Uh, LeBron and KD won two. Anthony Davis at three. Steph Curry at four. Kawhi at five. James Harden at six. Russell Westbrook, seven. Giannis, eight. Kyrie at nine. And Dame. I, I, I agonized over this 10th spot because it could be about four different people, but I, I landed on Dame. Well, Dave even had J.J. Redick and T.J. McDonnell in there just as a joke. J.J. T.K. But I wouldn't be surprised yep. if D- uh, Dave did put in the uh, T.J. J.J. Uh, mix-up down Super at 10. Super human being. Uh, my top 10 goes as LeBron James and then a wide margin at two for Kevin Durant, three Anthony Davis, four James Harden, five Steph Curry, six Kawhi Leonard, seven Giannis Antetokounmpo, eight Russell Westbrook, nine Damian Lillard, and 10 Kyrie Irving. One thing I do want to throw out there, and we'll get into the whole, you know, Ben Simmons, the uh, Dame, the Joel conversation. Mm-hmm. Obviously, clearly, one, two, Kevin Durant, LeBron James. Yeah. Let's talk about that real quick. Ricky, I think you were making the argument a little bit in the season that it was closer than people thought, mm-hmm. Kevin Durant versus LeBron James. Has the past well, season changed your mind that it's a wide margin between no, LeBron I, and KD? I don't, think, I don't think of the margin between them. I think it depends on who you talk to. Like I said, for me, one through four is... You've got the top two, LeBron, KD. One's going to be number one. One's going to be number two. Most of the people are going to put LeBron above KD. Then that next one is Steph and AD. Okay, which one am I going to put above the other? That's how I kind of look at this top four, but that's how it is with LeBron and KD. Of like Most people, LeBron above KD, but it's them at the top, and they are the only two that are going to get those top two spots. Well, and I know Drizzy, a guy on Twitter, was consistently trying to pr- you know, prove to me that Kevin Durant was a better player than LeBron mm-hmm. James. These playoffs have shown LeBron James is by far the best player in the NBA, and it's not even close in my mind. Jake, since you think you're going to be watching LeBron next year, since he's going to be coming to Philly, <laughs> do, you, do you think it's a wide margin between L- LBJ and KD, or do you think it's close like Ricky's saying? Not even close. Not <laughs> yeah. even like LeBron is – the greatest player ever to play the game and most talented you can make. I'm not going to get to that, but he's the most talented at least player to ever to play the game. And to see what he's doing, even with K-Love going down with three minutes into the last game, and Kevin Durant struggling to beat the Rockets when he has three other all-stars on his team, it just, it's not even, it's not even close. Well, and Dave, one thing too, you look at uh, below those two guys, LeBron James and KD, you look at that three, four, and five. Yeah. Um, you know, I have James Harden in that four, but mostly you guys have Steph Curry, AD, and Kawhi mm-hmm. Leonard in that, you know, in, in a certain order. Not everyone has it, you know, Steph, AD, Kawhi, but those three guys are in the three, four spots for you, Ricky, and uh, Jake. What sets those players apart from James Harden, who, like Jake said a little bit earlier, is going to be the MVP this year? Uh, I think a lot of it comes down to just being the most consistent uh, and best three-point shooter we've ever seen. I think Steph is just uh, – there. there's not really a great way to put it into – He changed the game. Yeah, he literally changed the game. It was like, oh, three-point shot's cute. That's good. It's, it, it's a nice thing to have. And then he's like, no, I can drill threes for all day, and mm-hmm. you have to cover me legitimately as soon as I walk over half court. But on top of that, it's also the ball movement, the offensive flowing through him, um, the constant passing. Like He has great vision. He will make risky passes to get payoffs. And honestly, his team plays with him at a different level than most teams. Well, so 
the thing I was going to add to mm-hmm. that is like for me, the not only is he the best shooter, I'll be honest, Sean, seeing him at five on yours, I think that is criminally low. I think that he's like you can put Anthony Davis above him mm-hmm. because Anthony Davis is carrying that Pelican team, carried them to where they were this year when Boogie went down. But I just look at what Steph does. And like for me, when I look at A.D., and Curry, it's kind of like the Ben Joe thing I just said. I'm always going to go with the ball handler, and I'm going to go with the guy who's going to have the ball in his hands more times than the big, either down on the post or even on the outside. Well, this is right now. So, I mean, yeah. I'm looking over the past three seasons. Mm-hmm. James Harden has been playing 82. He's played 82 games in two seasons, and this year he's gotten less of a workload because, again, he was getting mm-hmm. worked like crazy the past two seasons. He only took 10 games off. You can't rely on Steph anymore. I mean, Steph right now is one, not the best player on his team. And two, he's consistently injured. I mean, you can't Mm -hmm. trust his ankles anymore. Is he more talented when he's healthy than James Harden? Yes. But so far, James Harden has been more consistent than Steph Curry. He's been on the floor. He's been putting up 29 points per game over the past three seasons. He's been getting, you know, uh, 10, 11 assists consistently per night he's a great ball handler he's a great uh, uh, distributor and he's one of the most dynamic scorers if not the most dynamic scorer in in the league because when he's driving to the bucket he's gonna get fouled he's great at driving contact he's great in the mid-range and he's deadly from three i mean he's a guy that shoots 10 threes a game and shoots 36 percent from from d- downtown i mean this is you mean that's league average pretty much though but still i mean he's a guy that's going to be able to do everything <laughs> on the floor yeah. he's not like steph no one's like steph from, that, from deep that's, but yeah. still being league average and being able to be better at Steph than at driving to the bucket and drawing contact and mm-hmm. getting to the line. He's a better passer How than much Steph Curry is. I, is he a better passer than Steph well, Curry? I, no. maybe, why, why? I would say Steph's a better passer. The thing I was going to ask you, though, is how much does winning play into this with you? Because I put winning into this a little bit. And okay. To me, this is right now. Who is the number one seed in the Western Conference? No, no, no. But you got it. Like for winning, it's not one of those things where you just look at like where I am right now. Who's up I in the series? I have to take some of my. Who be- I have to take some of my past. And the thing that James Harden, maybe if James Harden wins a finals, all right, then that changes things for me. But like the thing, and I originally had James Harden right below Kyrie at seven or at six and right above him. The thing I hate about James Harden is, and I know this might be an overreaction from the last game, you can't miss 11 threes, let CP3 win you the game, and then say, oh, you're one of the okay. you're one of the top five players well, in the Let's league. say this. Me having Steph at five because of his mm-hmm. injuries is, I think, less criminally underrated than you having James Harden at nine. Yes, James Harden doesn't mm-hmm. have an NBA Finals, but neither does Giannis. Neither, neither does uh, Anthony Davis. I mean, you have those two guys above him. I was going to say Clay, but Clay also is the third best player on his team. James Harden is about to bring home an MVP. Jake, I want to go to you because this is something that you brought into me. You know, I, I mentioned to you that, again, I think Steph Curry is the more talented player. But, again, James Harden has been more consistent. You land on the Steph Curry side. Are you with Ricky that it's more criminal – that I'm criminally underrating uh, Steph Curry putting him at five? I would say that Curry is a better player overall than Harden, and I can see why you put him lower because of the injuries. But to have – not taking anything away from Harden, to have Harden at nine on your list is just – Well, and one thing too, I mean, even let's let's look at defensively. I mean, Harden's better than Steph defensively. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not not crazy. None of these guys are, you know, defensive player of the year levels. But I mean, Harden is significantly better than Steph Curry. Steph Curry is a liability on defense. They try to hide him in that warrior defense. Again, he's so dynamic offensively. But again, I think you look at what James Harden's done over the past three seasons. You got to stop sleeping on this guy. He's a top four player in the NBA. There's a reason why he's beating out LeBron. He's beating out AD. He's beating out uh, Kevin Durant for the MVP this year. And he should have won it even last year. He was better than Russ last year. He was more efficient mm. well, than he was. And that's the he thing. He was more in, efficient. I mean, in, yes, Russ had the history of getting a triple double, but 
James Harden was more efficient. And in my rankings, whenever we talk about him, I'm never bringing up the MVP again because it doesn't like the MVP is not the best player. It's the who's the flavor of the week. Last year was the triple doubles. This year, it's James Harden. Like, oh, and James Harden did both. James Harden was know, in the flavor like, of the week last year, and he's in the flavor of the week this year, like too, you, for the MVP like voting. Jake brought up Russ. It's like, oh, Russ got averaged a triple double last year, won the MVP. Oh, why is he in the discussion this year? He did the same thing. Well, Jake, it, and that's why it's like I'm not going to use the MVP in this argument. You have Russ at seven, and, and Ricky doesn't have uh, you know Russ in there at all. Russ at eight. Dave has Russ at seven. Make the argument why Russ should be a top ten player in the NBA. He averaged a triple double two years in a row. But I don't have to say anything else. I, I literally think he don't. Did. He, <laughs> well, like, let, let, no, let's, being, comparing a defense Simmons, who's a rookie who froze in the playoffs and couldn't beat a team who had their best two players out, and you're still putting Russell Westbrook behind him, that just makes. Absolutely. And Russ lost to a rookie. Okay. And? I think that the vet, like, and the way I think Russ, it was more Russell Westbrook. It was more Russell, Russell Westbrook supporting cast failing him. Oh, looked no. looked like he should have retired Not at all. Ago. Like, as soon, yeah. as, as soon as Russ said to Ricky Rubio, I'm going to shut this shit down, and Don Mitch is sitting there going, I'm not going to touch that, and basically the rook was acting like the veteran in that series – well, hold on. Let's let, let's let's bring this in because one thing that Ricky said was that it's stat padding. Dave, how much is this stat padding of Russell Westbrook, and how much of it is is an is it an actual talent? Let's take away the personality. Let's take away you know the supporting cast. What happened in the playoffs? Because again, the playoffs don't fully determine who you are. Mm-hmm. It sets True. you apart, and that's why you're making the argument for Steph Curry being yeah. higher. That's why you know again LeBron James is separating himself from Kevin Durant, even though Kevin Durant won one series last year over LeBron James. Dave, at least, well, how much is stat padding playing into this? Or, you know, can Russ do this without even, you know, stat padding? I mean, <clears throat> it really depends on what you're calling stat padding. Is it the fact that he's getting all the rebounds because their offensive system is just set up by getting their point guard the ball in his hands as soon as possible? Is that a bad thing in any situation? I don't think that's stat padding. I think that's call, that that's having an offensive scheme where you actually get to have the ball in, in the right guy's hands off the bat. You're not waiting for handoffs. You're not waiting for anything that could be you know, intercepted or picked up by somebody else. I think it's a smart play. I don't think it's stat padding. I think a lot of the time that you see stat padding is like when he is digging for assists and he has open shots, Mm -hmm. he's not taking them because let's be honest, he's, he's usually got the green light. Mm -hmm. So when he's passing open shots to get that, you know, ninth, 10th assist, yeah, I'll give you that's a little stat padding. Well, let's let's put one thing in. Again, looking at Russ, yes, the start of that Utah series was rough, but he also Mm -hmm. doesn't have the coaching like Utah did. Quinn Snyder, again, in my mind, as a top, close to a top five coach, maybe even top seven coach. He outcoached uh, Billy Donovan, and that's very clear. And then also, Russ, in the last two games of that series, he played 44 minutes in pretty much both of them. He shot 42% from the field. He shot 42% from three. He grabbed uh, 12 and a half rebounds. He dished out six assists, and he scored 45 points in, in both those games. So, I mean, he, he was taking over that game. And C- Carmelo Anthony was nowhere to be seen. They didn't have Andre Roberson. They didn't have, uh, you know, any other players to score buckets besides Russ and besides PG-13. And they, you know, lost by five points in the last game to get knocked out by Utah. So, again, maybe that's more of a flavor of a week, Ricky, where, again, you know, yes, he crumbled in the, crumbled in the playoffs. Well, but, yeah, again, and really. he, and he, like he put I, up 45 points in the last two games. And like passed. I said, for me and my list, like, yes, this is top 10 players um, right now. But I'm also looking at what you have done to get to this. And for me, being a winner plays into it a little what bit. What has Ben Simmons done then? Well, if, you're, if you're bringing up being a winner, if you're bringing up doing this, and he crumbled in the playoffs and did nothing. We'll bring well, up Giannis that's, soon, Jake. And I'll that's go to why, you to me, I oh, feel yeah. like the, the big majority of that is 
you got it. You got to be a winner to me to be in the top five and all except for maybe Anthony Davis. All of those guys have won championships. All of them except for Kawhi. AD. Oh, Kawhi won. Yeah, what am yeah I he won. Yeah. He finals me. MVP too. <laughs> but I mean, for me, that's why six through 10, that's why I kind of mapped it out like I did. Okay. LeBron and Durant are here. Argue all you want for those two. Steph and AD are here. Argue all you want for those two. Kawhi's at five. Everyone after that, six through 10, in my mind, you can have any order after that. And I think you can make like you can make, you can a, make case a case for, for yours. Ben I can make T.J. McConnell. Well, you could. I mean, what could you? Colin Cowherd had him at six. That's because he's a fucking oh, okay. moron. I'm, I'm not We're saying. Not basing our, I, no, 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 real quick. We're I'm not basing saying. our ideas off a guy who gets his info fed from scouts. No, no, that guy no. doesn't watch basketball. I'm just saying that there's some people that might have him at six. I don't. I have him at ten. You don't even have him on your list. No, because he's a rookie and didn't do shit this year. After, besides, at, you know, get. 10.7 rebounds on a great team. After six, you can make a case for whatever order you personally feel. That's how I feel. Well, uh, Jake, we'll go to you just because you, you mentioned Giannis and, and, and you know, you're talking about the winners. And again, you put Giannis in. What really overcame to put Giannis in there? Because again, he's 6'11". He's an athletic freak. Yeah, I would just be more ignorant than I think I was. <laughs> <If> anything else. <laughs> he's a great player. I just like, I'll be honest, I haven't watched a ton of him because he plays in Milwaukee and he hasn't really had a great amount of success in the playoffs, but when he like when even you like I look, I was looking at some of his stats last night. He's just he's just a freak. And if he was in a bigger market with a better coaching or even better teammates, because his best teammate right now is Chris Middleton and Jabari Parker, and Jabari can never can never play. Mm-hmm. I think he'll be he'll be a top five NBA player by the end of his career. But I just think as of he's just been he's just been inconsistent as of now. Like not really him though. It's been his team and the coaching more. Well, let's bring this up because Ricky keeps bringing up you know winning and and how much this means to him. And again, you you're, you talk about the top five. You know, four of the five players. I mean, Anthony Davis transcends that because of his talent. But four of the five guys in, in your list did win NBA titles. Uh, you know, looking at Jake's again, the top four guys: LBJ, uh, KD, Kawhi, Steph, all won NBA titles as well. How much did winning play into this for you, Jake, or was this solely based off this season? What were you kind of using criteria wise just to give the people who are listening what you really based your list upon i will say well okay i don't really have to lebron and katie they've won they've kind of cemented their legacy mm-hmm. they're they're there and then after that i kind of just looked at almost pure talent because i think Kawhi is just so underrated because he got hurt this year i think that's mm-hmm. all it was i think if you asked people this question a year ago he's number three on basically everybody's list maybe mm-hmm. he put Steph there but i think he is the only guy only guy in the league that can guard kevin durant lebron james he is the only guy that's why Zaza, you know foot under him but he's <laughs> I think and then you can't really argue, like, argue with Steph and his winning and all that but I think winning does play a part if you want to be one of the top players in the NBA but I think talent can overcome success well, and Dave, there's only one NBA final every single year. And some of these guys like Giannis, like Anthony Davis, they're still fairly young. Maybe James Harden and Russell Westbrook don't get that same leeway because they've been to finals before. Yeah. But you look at Giannis, you look at uh, Anthony Davis, um, even Joe on Jake's list and Dame. Again, well, not really Dame because Dame's been in the league for a while. Um, but some of these guys really haven't had the opportunity to have teams around them, have cultures around them. So, again, I think some of this has to be talent as well. And that's why I do put a guy like Giannis at seven because, again, you can't teach being 6'11 with the speed he has, with the, the, the size he has. And, yes, he doesn't – you know, he can't shoot a jump shot, but this, he's so fluid out there. He's so unstoppable. He's, again, one of the best defenders in the league as well. It, it, it's tough to really put those guys, you know, out, out, outside of your list – why doesn't a Ben Simmons make it in, though? Because, I mean, you were struggling at that 10. Yeah. Um, Ricky does have him in. Why isn't a Ben Simmons, who is dynamic, does you know bring all those same things? Being a 6'11 like point guard. Yeah, yeah, outside of you know the defensive uh, aspect that Giannis does bring. Why wouldn't Ben I mean, Simmons Ben's make it in this list? actually pretty good defensively. 
to be fair. Like, well, I mean, he yep. was one of the best defenders in the league this year. Well, I'm just right. just tossing out there. But uh, no, that that's kind of the question is like why Giannis over Ben right now. I think Giannis, we've seen the growth of his career every year. He's gotten better every year. It looks like he can keep getting better, which is scary because there's obvious holes in his game as far as the shooting's concerned. I see him as someone who can vault himself up there into that elite company. I think he has the same like uh, crazy upside as Anthony Davis does. I'll be honest. I think he could get be better than Anthony Davis. Like his body frame and his mobility, his ability to take over a game. And like the fact that it's like three steps for him to get to uh, the hoop from mid court <laughs> on a fast break is disgusting. Like what he could do with a good supporting cast and a head coach. Yeah. He would absolutely be able to jump up and leapfrog into that top five. Uh, ben Simmons just haven't seen enough yet. Mm-hmm. Like I think he has legit potential to be up there. I see why Colin Coward like tossed him out there in the discussion. I think it's too early still. I know it was for ratings, but still, like, yeah, Ben Simmons could probably be here in like three, four years. No problem. I mean, you put you put him in. So what would you mm-hmm. see from Ben? For me, it's just exactly what Dave talked about. It's an eleven, a six eleven guy playing the point. And for me, it's yes, it could be a little bit of what I see down the line. But how many times are we going to compare a guy to Magic Johnson and then say, oh, but he's not top ten worthy? Like, I know that's us saying, like, what he's going to be, but if he's going to be that, it's not like I saw anything this season except for the, to quote Game of Zones, the Benny one-point game that he had in the playoffs. But, I mean, from what I've seen this year, he's going to be special. Why not just put him in right now? Because, like, everyone else— it. Well, he will—he is going to earn it. But we're talking about right, right now. now. We're talking about that right now. The, the guy that I'm— Honestly, more confused that you guys haven't targeted is Clay Thompson on my list. Well, I think that's ridiculous, but I think Ben Simmons is, is rough. Because, like, like, I mean, Clay, again, he's, he's a great three-point <laughs> shooter. He's a, he's a great defender, mm-hmm. and, and he's won. I, I, again, I'm, I'm looking at that Ben Simmons thing, and, yeah. and he, he, doesn't, he, he hasn't done anything yet. He might not even win Rookie of the Year. He might not even be the best oh, rookie. He's going hey, to be Rookie hey, of the Year hey, or Squire. Hey, I'm, I'm saying yeah. he and might And I'm a Don Mitch be. guy. I'm just saying I, he, <laughs> I, he might not be. It's It's true. He might not win. We don't know who's going to win the Rookie of the Year yet. So is it crazy to say that he might not win Rookie of the Year? The guy putting up no, 16, 8, and 8 is, is not your Rookie it's, of the it's Year. It's not crazy. A rookie that put up Don 20 Mitchell. points for Donovan Mitchell. 23 and 3 I mean, is like, not better than 16, 8, A guy who put Ben on, on top 10 Don isn't even Mitchell. picking him for the Rookie of the Year. So, I mean, he's this right. guy might not even have the best Rookie Year mm-hmm. out of all rookies yet. He's in the top 10. Well, I, I don't is know. he truly a rookie? Yes. That's an oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is just uh, like a triggered podcast. Let's <laughs> let's do one thing that might be a little bit fun. Where's Lonzo at? Who, <laughs> Jesus, like a hundred. Who's who's the guy that that just missed the list? Who's number eleven? I'll go first, oh, um, just because I'm throwing oh, that out no. there. And I didn't and let you guys know this. So so I'll go first. The guy that's just missed my list. It's Demarcus Cousins. This mm-hmm. guy's an absolute freak. The only reason why he didn't make it in is because of his injury. And I don't know what he's going to be like when he comes back. But if he's back, he's healthy. He's Electric from three for his size. That guy is is great at handling the ball at 6'10". He can put his back to the basket. He's fierce. He's a competitor. Him and AD was going to be absolutely scary next year, especially if they're able to keep, uh, you know, Rajon Rondo around. Um, if they're able to keep, you know, Rondo, DeMarcus Cousins, Nicola, AD, and uh, Drew, it's going to be an absolute fire. Uh, it's a nightmare. Firework show out there. So DeMarcus Cousins, uh, this guy is, is absolutely dynamic. Um, a fierce competitor. This guy just missed my list. It's just wondering about mm-hmm. where would he be um, with with this injury that he, that he has to deal with. Uh, Jake, I know you had Boogie um, on your list before you took him out. Would he be your number okay. eleven? Uh, yeah. So when I was when I when I had him in the list originally, I was juggling between a couple of people. I had uh, I was between time between Embiid, Towns, CP3, and then obviously now Demarcus Cousins. I would say those 
CP3 is the one that I kind of think he he's just there, but he's not he's not flashy enough. Like I would still take CP3 over Dame, but that's I just think yeah, he's just right outside the list, and it, he's like he is one of the best pure point guards of all time, but he mm-hmm. just never got to the end. Yeah, I mean obviously well, we'll, he's we'll the wait best and see. Point guard. Yeah, I mean, he's the best true point guard, but again, I, I think, and, and Jake kind of hit the nail on the head, and that's why I went with Dame over CP3 is, Dame hasn't had the help that CP3 has had, mm-hmm. and also we've seen yeah. Dame, you know, we've seen buzzer beaters from Dame before, we've seen him take over games scoring-wise before, obviously that didn't work in the playoffs this year, but I think that was more of a stats versus um, uh, Alvin Gentry thing, more of a, a, a Dame thing, and I know CJ did perform still well in that, that playoff, but they were focusing in on shutting down Dame, and you look what Dame has done, you know, consistently, over 23 points per game. He's one of the most dynamic scorers. And CP3, I love him. The guy's great. He's, he's so consistent. I mean, he's been averaging 19 points since, you know, 2011. Um, and he's, he's still averaging, you know, 10 assists. But I think it, it does, you know, err on that flashy side. And also, we haven't seen CP3 take over and win a series before. Tried to do it in game five for, mm-hmm. uh, for the Warriors and Rockets. Ended up pulling his hamstring. And now he's going to miss game six. So I, I think that's one thing that they kind of put out there. And also Towns. If I'm looking at Embiid and Towns, David, I had this argument before. Towns is electric offensively, but I mean, you look at what Embiid brings defensively. Cat can not even match that. So um, that's why I'd probably put Embiid over there. So I don't think it's crazy (laughs) to put Embiid on the list um, if you do think, again, he's going to be healthy. Mm -hmm. But again, I crap so much on Joel Embiid not being healthy. I know he had a good year this year. Uh, I know he had a good year this year. Um, It was healthy, but still, it's a a worry that I have for him. Uh, Dave, who's number 11 on your list? Uh, I struggled here since I struggled at 10. I struggled at 11, of course. No (laughs) surprise there. Uh, I bounced between a couple guys. It was between, like, Jimmy. uh, You wanted to make the case for Jimmy at 10. I want Jimmy to be there, uh, but Jokic is also, I think, deserving of a lot of respect right now. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of, and then Victor Oladipo, like those three guys. I'm between the three of them. I think Jokic is probably the one that's most dynamic out of the three. Mm-hmm. Jimmy had the injury this year, um, and who knows how long his legs will hold out. Uh, Victor Oladipo, we saw like the emergence of something special. He had a fantastic year, and he's incredibly dynamic, being the being the primary ball handler on the Indiana Indiana team. And then, but but Jokic is just. Freaking point guard at center. Jokic for me just hasn't done enough. I think yeah, that's, that's, that's the one the, thing. That's for him. the holdback. Ricky, who was 11? I don't for even know me, if I want to know. For me, I'm going to say a tie. It's either between. Campaign. No. Yes. Between. CJ McConnell. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let me say it. CP and Joe. So for me, it's either Embiid or CP. I mean, at first, I was kind of oh. thinking a 10 of like, oh, which sixer am I going to put in? But. I totally forgot I think to. The Sixers have two of the top twelve like, players in the league. I was about to say the same mm-hmm. thing. I don't think so. And then like CP in there, I I'd probably four. have CP as the if de facto eleven if I had to pick because we're seeing. Yeah, he didn't have any help in uh, the, with the Clippers, but what we're seeing now is, hey, when I got a guy like James Harden, he can go all of eleven, and I can help carry this team to victory. Yeah, and one guy I want to throw out there too is PG thirteen. Um, I mean, he's he's been super consistent. One of the one of the best two way players in the league. He's he's he, is he top fifteen. Yes. Okay. I think he's top 15. Yeah. For me, at least. Yeah, maybe you well, guys because you think but, about it. Guys, I mean, like, I'll throw out, like, and I'm not saying any order. CP3, PG13, what, um, if Russ isn't there for me, so Russ, like, is there enough guys to put him in the next five You think CP3 is better than Russ? Wait. Did you say Russ is in the left? Yeah, so that's the same No, thing. I said, like, in mine, he's out of the top 10. <laughs> oh, yeah, I he's said, out of the top 12. I, I but you, saying, you said CP3 is 11. I was just saying. So he's out of the no, top 12. No, no, no. I was just saying any order. Like, oh, this okay. wasn't my yeah, I'm asking you a question, though. No, Russ is above PG. No, is Russ bigger than, better than CP3? Oh, no. I CP3 is 11, I said. And then right. Joe was 12. All right, so I'm Joe was 12. Like maybe I'm going to leave here. All right. Uh, Jake, any final thoughts? 
Um, yeah, Joel Embiid's better than Ben Simmons. If you don't think that, then uh, I don't think so much better. Will, will, wow. will Ben Do jump him next bro? year? If Ben develops um, a jumper, will, will he jump him? Well, I mean, LeBron and Kawhi are going to help him with that. So, I mean, when we win the NBA title next year, it's going to be hard to deny. Are they going to pick up uh, Kyle Culver to be the shooting coach? <laughs> yeah. Nah, TJ and JJ's got that covered. <laughs> nice. Can, do you think, though, Ben can, can jump Joe next year? Or do you think it's going to take a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say it. Yeah, I, yeah, I think if he's in the discussion in his first year, and who knows, next year, he could be on a trampoline and hurt his knee again. I mean, who knows with this guy. So, his own teammate talking right. about this year. Yeah, or going down a water slide. Uh, we saw him. Yeah, fun in Atlantis. Uh, Dave, any final thoughts? Uh, <clears throat> not really. I think that uh, we, we nailed the list for the most part. I think the interesting one is who's going to rise the most next year for me. I, yeah. I, I put my money on Giannis. Like, he's the scariest person. Yeah. Like, we want to crown him early, and I get that because he's something special. But I think, like, get him a head coach. Get him uh, this one offseason. See what they can do at a sporting cast. Ben Simmons is going to be the one. Like, you mentioned Giannis. It's going to be Ben. He's going to be a lot higher I next year. So. And actually on your guys' list next year. I think if I'm I putting so. a, a, a player from this year's rookie class, I'm putting Don Mitch over, over Ben Simmons next year. Don Mitch, nah, Don Mitch is going to be in the top 10 next year. Mm. Tyreek Evans 2.0. Tyreek Evans 2.0. He's like three inches shorter. Yeah, no, but right. he means like no, having no, an no, all-star no. rookie year. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just uh, good, good first year. Fall the pace. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this Patreon segment. The camera's dead, but Jake, we want to thank you uh, not only for joining us and, and giving us a great list and, and, and you know having some great banter with us, but also for being a patron. You got you rock. And also, um, if you guys want to be like Jake, head over to patreon.com slash podcast. Also, don't forget to rate this five stars on iTunes. Also, don't forget to sub. We've been seeing massive growth, and we just want to see this thing keep growing. But for Dave Oster, for Ricky Wimmer, I'm Sean Anderson. Also, for Jake, again, don't forget to check out patreon.com slash mostvalpodcast. Uh, that will do it, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.